So what is a complete man? <laughs> tell me about complete man. I mean, a lot of ladies would love to have a complete man. So tell us about him. <laughs> yeah. So if I was to sum it up in synopsis, it's a man that actually feels complete from within, which means that you don't necessarily need to have everything perfect on the outside for you to feel like you're complete from within. And so that is the most important thing. And that is continuous growth, for example. That's understanding how you are in emotional state. That's understanding what you're thinking and why you're thinking this. Having strong values, for example, and principles. And ultimately being proud of who you are. So do you ever envy those so-called hashtag couples goals? Well, you know, when you first fall in love with someone, you get butterflies every time you see them. You lust them. You're infatuated with them. You want to be with them all the time, like best friends. Do you want that to last forever? Together, let's discover what it takes to say a massive yes to all the above. Through our topical discussions, our world-renowned guests that will help guide the way to a happier, sexier, and fun-loving relationship. We're not doctors or therapists. We are just two normal individuals who have had many ups and downs in our 23-year relationship. And counting. We've amassed our own wisdom over the years, but we're still learning, just like you. Nina and I believe you can have it all and still live your best lives, as long as you're willingly and consistently discover each other in new ways. And that right there is what the show is all about. We're Nina. And Roger. And this, this is The Animal Show. Yeah, baby. Guess who's back? Back again. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess <laughs> no, who's you're supposed back. to say Head Over Heels show is back. <laughs> I didn't write the lyrics. Eminem did. Well, send him an email or something. Email? <laughs> Such an old school. <laughs> All right. Sorry. We got DM. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'm dating myself. I'm dating myself by saying email. Can you imagine that? Look, I didn't say fax. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. So we are up. What is it? 38%, you guys. 38%. I fucking love it. Yeah, you know what? I just want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who have been listening, who have been putting us between your ears, and who have been like subscribing, at rating the show, and the reviews are coming in so good. I love you guys. Thank you so much, and keep that coming, please, yes. because that helps us, you know, get on the ranking. Yeah, and on- it shows that we're helping people out there. So that's our goal. We're happy that we're helping some people. Absolutely. But before we go on, I forgot to do something very, very, very important. Hi, my name is Roger, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Nina. <laughs> yes, you are. And, and we are wondering. the Head of Real Show. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to do that. <laughs> Keep forgetting. I got to introduce ourselves to the 38% of new people. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we are enjoying this weather. Like we say it every time, I love summer. I love patios, and they're open now. And we spent more time eating on patios this week than we did at our own house. That's right. <laughs> That's why I haven't been posting much on Instagram because I've been out eating every freaking day at a patio, which I'm not going to complain. No. You know, we're helping our local businesses. Absolutely. We're helping our, you know, our, our sanity that we've been cooped up in the house for past year. And it's so, great to see people. Like we're sitting on patios, we're seeing people celebrating being out and having fun with their friends. Yes. So it's it's great. Absolutely, great. absolutely. Thank God Ontario's starting to open their heads a little bit and it's letting, been great. letting it's us been, do shit. It's been super busy. I mean, been dealing with, you know, the kids' graduation. Yeah. I've been dealing with uh, Tristan's birthday party this weekend. Father's Day, <laughs> it was insane this week. It was just like one we're thing doing, after another. But. And we're doing like these bubble soccer things like talk about a, a perfect covid game the kids are all stuck in a bubble and playing soccer it's pretty funny we'll take some videos of that and put it on instagram but we also want to take a moment just to say congratulations to the class of 2021 yes i mean we know it's been a tough 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 year for all the graduates we feel you our hearts breaking for you but please stay strong stay tough this too shall pass yeah. and you will have many many milestones in your life that yeah. you're going to cherish yeah, like I was going to say, just know that this is not something that's going to be a huge caveat in your in your life. You're going to forget about it by the right. time you're 25. Absolutely. So it's just it's just a day. It's just a party. Have fun with it. My daughter is going to do some sort of movie theater thing on our driveway with, with a projector or in a yard. I'm not sure exactly. Wherever we can be able to set it up and the kids will be able to hang out and have fun. So, you know, make a memory of it. You know, you can buy T-shirts saying "I survived the pandemic." I'm telling you, <laughs> all that stuff. So that's it. And uh, and today on 
the Instagram post will be announcing the winner of Father's Day's giveaway. Yes, absolutely. Which is an incredible giveaway. There's a $100 certificate for a restaurant. There is a gym membership. There's Father's Day swag. There is the complete man book that yes, we're giving away. Absolutely. And which that, is our... Before we get into the complete man, I just want to say, because you said happy, because you said Father's Day, I want to yeah. say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, the father figures, or what do you, what do you say? The stepfathers, st- yeah, the mother fathers. Anyone that has a father in their title, we want to say happy, happy Father's, Father's Day, Day to you. You're we here. love you, and you are the very extreme important part of our lives, all of us. So yep. happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. So on that note, now we can introduce our guest, Mr. He's, a, he's an author and a coach. His name is Pardeep Sangha. Pardeep is a business advisor, helps men with the journey to become a complete man by being su- successful in business, relationships, and life in general. So without further ado, let's welcome the author of the book, The Complete Man, Pardeep Sangha. Well, Pardeep, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Nina, for having me. And Roger, I appreciate it. No problem. So I hear you got a book coming out, The Complete Man. Yeah, the book's out. The book What's came out? out last December. Yeah, December, I believe, 1st or 4th. It was out in 2020. Nice, nice. So we've had a lot of uh, ladies expert on the show. As you know, the show is all about relationships and how to keep it, you know, lit and alive and, and hopefully lasting a long time. So we wanted to have someone with your knowledge on the show. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and uh, what value you can share with us today? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously my name is Pradeep Sangha. I'm a husband. I've been married for almost 10 years now. I have two young kids, an eight-year-old and and an almost six-year-old. I'm originally from British Columbia, Canada, and I moved over to the eastern part. So I'm just outside of Toronto and Stony Creek, as we were talking about. But uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, We have a number of different businesses. And one of the businesses that I'm most passionate about is the business advisory side, which focuses specifically on men. So we work with men to help them be successful in business, but also in other areas of their life, including relationships and being a father and, and other aspects. So we don't necessarily do health coaching or training. We have partners that do that, but our whole premise is around having men live a complete life, which is a a lot of it's outside of business. But what ends up happening is a lot of men tend to gravitate towards their profession or their career. So we, we help with all aspects. That's great. That's beautiful. I mean, I love the fact that you help them with that side because, like you said, a lot of men do concentrate mainly on their careers, on their business, and their relationship side sort of, you know, is left behind. So it's it's refreshing to hear from to hear from a man's I, perspective. I've got a few friends that that affected. Uh, really good friends. Uh, one of them's uh, his name is Bill Gates, and I think the other <laughs> one is uh, <laughs> the other one is Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are really good friends of ours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they, I think they had those kind of issues in their marriage as well. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. After all these years, they get divorced. Just goes to show you money doesn't buy happiness, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially in relationships. Oh, definitely not. I money can saw- be a contentious issue, but it definitely doesn't buy happiness. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You buy shit that'll make you happy, but it doesn't mean that that's going to be stick around forever. I mean... Yeah, I saw I saw an article uh, in the I don't know what paper it was actually somebody just posted a picture of it and I had a picture of both of them on the cover and it said if these billionaires can't keep their wives happy what make th- makes you think you can mm-hmm. so it's most people think I guess it's all about the money which is not yeah which is not where we can prove that after twenty four years of being together we know what success can do to your relationship and you know it's not always a good thing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, exactly. 24 years. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? I always say it's not about the length of the time that you're with that person. It's about the quality of the relationship that you have with that person, you know? And this is what the show is about. And that's why I wanted you to be here because I heard you talk on one of the podcasts and you were were so good at at, at like iterating how men should behave and how they should be with with their wives, with their families. So Take us back to where, I mean, you're full of wisdom. I love the way you talk. And I want to know where all this wisdom come from and who are you and where where did you get this knowledge from? Oh, wow. Where do I start? Um, (laughs) I would say it really started from 
of my uh, younger years when growing up. So my parents were immigrants. They immigrated from India and they, they didn't have any formal education. They just knew how to work hard. And, and so they taught me how to work hard and, and have work ethic. Um, with that also came some challenges because uh, my dad had to work his butt off. So did my mom. And eventually they had a successful business, but my dad was never really truly fulfilled in life. There was something missing and I could tell. And a big part of how we used to fill that gap was by drinking. Oh. So him so, and my- So you could tell that your father wasn't fulfilled as a child or- when Oh yeah. Did you, yeah. yeah. Because he would drink past the point of, of just being himself and he would be a completely different man. And so it was, it was really interesting, sometimes scary, because my dad was a big guy. He was like 6'1", 240 pounds, like just a strong, physically strong man. And he would have night terrors at times. Uh, in the middle of his sleep, he would just get up. And if he was drinking, he just like, it was just like a bomb went off. So at a young age, younger than 10, I would say, I started to try to figure out his behavior. I was yep. the negotiator, the mediator in the house. I would even just, you know, sleep with him so he would feel calm. For some reason, he just felt peaceful when I was with him. And so I just started to study his behavior. And then I started to study my mom's behavior and then my dad's behavior when he would be sober and when he would drink and the differences. And uh, I was also lucky enough. Uh, he was an awesome dad. Like when he was sober, he was just such an amazing man, uh, very masculine. He was in the Indian police force as well, but um, very emotional as well. He would open up and, and be very transparent, share his feelings. And when he walked into a room, you didn't even have to hear his voice you could tell he was in there. Like he had that presence, right? We talk right. about that energy and presence when it comes to men, he had that. And so I learned all of those elements from him, how to be a strong man, but also how to be soft as well. And also mm. the challenges that come along with just being a human being and being a man and his alcoholism. And, and on top of that, my grandfather also immigrated over from India, my grandparents, my grandfather, my grandmother, who are my dad's parents. And my grandfather was in the Indian Army, uh, Indian British Army for over three decades. So he lived a life of war. He used to he used to live away from his family 10 months out of the year and come home two months. And so it was a really interesting dynamic to learn the way he grew up in his life as a man. But he's also very spiritual. So my mm. great grandfather was a spiritual teacher in India for 50 plus years. Oh, wow. So we had all of these different dynamics in our family that I got to see the life of war with spirituality, with masculinity, with femininity, for example, and the challenges that come with all of these aspects. Yeah. And you could say that I just grew up that way. A big part of our religious faith, you could say, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but I take the philosophies of, of different religions. And part of our religion of the Sikh faith is uh, the term Sikh means to be a disciple of, to be a learner. And that's something that was taught to me at a very early age. So I was just a learner growing up right. and I started to study people's behavior. So psychology, I started to study the human brain at that time, it, um, brain training. And, and at that time, neuroscience wasn't a big thing. So I started to study that, which helped me because I, I had these different areas of expertise throughout my life that most people don't have. Right. And then, you had that advantage already. Yeah. And, and so I started to use that to my advantage. I started to learn how the brain operated, how we operate as human beings. And, and I use that from an academic standpoint, from a, an entrepreneurial standpoint, from a business standpoint. And, and that's a lot of the aspects that I use for men because I take, we take the philosophical approach. We take the science, we take real neuroscience, performance psychology, the relationship side, um, motivation, all of these elements that impact a human uh, a being, and especially men, to help them perform. So we, there's three areas that we really focus on because this is what we want. We want to perform at our best, right? So it's all about performance. We want to be able to achieve what we want. Mm -hmm. So setting those goals and achieving them, but we also want to be fulfilled in life. And that's one area that a lot of men miss out. And that completes the cycle or the circle, you can say, is when you perform, you ultimately achieve. And when you achieve, if you actually do it properly, you can actually be fulfilled, which then completes a cycle, which allows you to perform better as well. But a lot of guys get stuck in that performance achievement trap going back and forth, and they're never really fulfilled. And they don't realize that if they actually have fulfillment in their life, they'll actually perform better and achieve more as well. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. And you know, I want to ask you, do you know the stats of the, the men that are fulfilled in achievement, but not in their like 
everyday life. Like, like you said, <laughs> they're achieving a lot, but they don't feel fulfilled. Like I know a lot of men like that. And I think it's, it's, you know, the percentage is higher obviously than, than, than oh, what you I hear think, a lot of, you know, suicides and stuff like that. You got Robin Williams, all these people that obviously mm -hmm. achieved a hell of a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. but they were not happy inside. Right. Yep. So this is, I, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that there's something in your book or something that would would explain like a complete man has many different aspects to it. You got your personal, your, uh, like you said, business and just self-thought or um, self-talk, I should say. Yeah, so, there's uh, all different aspects. There's emotional states that we have, for example, our purpose, our meaning, what motivates us, all of these elements, which I have put in the book, because it is about living the complete life and you don't no one is really complete at the end of the day it's a journey yeah. of being complete but that starts from within and that's what i focus on because i i work with these very high performing men very wealthy extremely successful men all around the world and the, the core premise is that you have to start from within because if you start building those skills those emotional mastery skills for example how you think your behavior from internally it's a lot easier to perform in business and all other aspects of your life if you start trying to fix your business without trying to figure out why you're making certain decisions and take you know your behaviors a certain way or your habits are a certain way then you don't execute as effectively so as right. a business strategist right no guy comes to me and says hey pradeep i need to fix my life mm. They always say, I need to grow my business so I want to make more money. Absolutely. <laughs> That's <Right>? true. 90% <laughs> of the time. So when we figure it out, we figure, and I know this, but I just, you know, they don't want to admit it until we open the, uh, open up the, basically the kimono. But once they do, they feel a lot more relieved because a lot of guys don't want to present their weaknesses up front. They don't want yes. to present their challenges, right? That yeah. in, inherently has been taught to us that that is, um, you're less of a man if you do so. So once they feel like they're in a safe place, we can actually talk about these other things that are impacting their performance and their achievement and their levels of fulfillment. And, and that truly is, because as, as I mentioned before, as a business strategist, I could give you all the business strategies and have the plan laid out for you to grow your business. But there's two things. If you're not gonna make the decisions effectively and you're not gonna execute effectively, you're not gonna be able to live those out. And that all comes from within. It's your mm -hmm. belief systems, your, you know, your, what your stories are internally, your emotional aspects. Do you understand your emotions? Do you understand why you do this? And where your relationship is at, where your energy is at. Because we know that you know, you're the experts in relationships. A positive relationship will give you energy. A negative mm -hmm. one will just drain you. And it doesn't yeah, matter sure. how successful you are in business if you come home to a crappy relationship. You know, it, if guys feel like their life is worth nothing. Because ultimately, a majority of men that I work with, because I, I work with a specific type of men um, that are family-oriented, have families, I would say 99% of them are working their butts off, mm. are even sacrificing themselves so they can give their wife and their kids the best life possible. They're not doing it for themselves in a lot of respects. Yeah. So this is the interesting dynamic. So let's let's go back to the, to the point that you just made earlier. You said men uh, don't want to, uh, fixate on their on their on their uh, what is it not mistakes but their weaknesses and they don't want to they're so they're too macho to say you know I'm I, I'm wrong I want to I want to uh, um, listen to my emotional side how do you talk to men that are like that because certain culture like I I grew up in Iraq and I know my brothers my family the guys that I know in my life they have that ma macho mentality that they, that they don't need help that they're fine. But you really do see that they need help in that department. So you as a man, how do you talk to these, you know, so-called macho men that the only thing they need help in, in the emotional department? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think the first thing is there, there has to be a need or a desire there on their aspect. So people that I work with typically are at a point where they want to change or they want to do something different. Um, and if, if a man doesn't want to change, it's very difficult you know, to be able to change, they have to be ready. But I just talk to them just like I would talk to anybody else. And the thing that really changes is when they understand that I've been there myself, personally, I've had a failed relationship, right? I've had challenges in my marriage um, that I've seen men, you know, I shared in the book, my dad was, you know, he tried to commit suicide, for example, I've seen all these different aspects of men and how they live their lives. I've worked with thousands of men. And when I share stories, whether that's my personal stories or someone else's stories, they say, wow, okay, this is happening to other men. Mm 
you know, this, this isn't just me. I can put my guard down. I don't have to feel less of a man or feel like I'm weak because other men are feeling the same way. It's interesting when I have my workshops, because when I ask a specific question, for example, how many of you guys make a lot of money? They'll put their hands up. How many of you guys still feel like you're not doing good enough in life? And you'll see, and people will look around. And as soon as that first guy raises his hand, then the other guys feel like it's okay to raise their hand. Yeah. So it's creating a safe environment for men to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, like you said, uh, you know, your your dad was a like a rough and tough guy, and he and he, he had a soft side as well. I mean, I grew up the same way. My dad was a very very rough, you know, tattooed, all that kind of stuff, and but he also had that. My soft side, you know, like you're, very soft, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's a loving guy and all that stuff. I mean, he also passed away quite young, but it. I, I find a lot of guys think that you know they're less of a man if they show any kind of emotion or if they you know show their wives they love them or say it or or you know you know just just be uh, vulnerable. I guess the word would be. Well, and here's a challenge in a lot of relationships that, and, I, and here's from my personal experience. I would say over 80% of men that I've worked with have challenges in their relationship and they don't feel like they can rely on their spouse. So if a man doesn't feel like he can rely on his spouse, on his woman, he's not going to be vulnerable to her. Mm. That is an important thing in a relationship. So a lot of times women feel like, well, why is he not showing emotion? He's not doing this, but sometimes they have to look at their own behavior and say, what kind of environment am I creating for my man to be able to do that? So I think that is important. And I think that's why there's a lot of women and we've gotten feedback from our book. Half, half the feedback that we receive and half of our referrals are from women. They're from women because they realize that they need to do something differently or they want to change their relationship in some way, shape or form. So it's on both sides that we both yeah. need to understand each other and change our behaviors to make a relationship work and make it cohesive. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, what, what do you feel most men are lacking in that department, in the department of being, you know, the complete man? Hmm, wow. That's, uh, that's so many, uh, wow. That's a loaded question. I would say the biggest thing is trying to do it alone trying to because do it alone. that, that is one thing that we are taught, right. To be successful, to have success, to be proud of your success. You got to do it yourself. Um, and that is not the smart way to do it no. by no means has have the most successful men around done it themselves. That is just a total myth. You got to find the right people on your team. So that could be in your business, but also in your life. You know, your wife is your partner. Yeah. She's a partner there to provide you success and even strength when you need it. So that is that is the biggest thing that guys do is they try to go and they try to figure it out. And they will rather continue to beat their heads up against a brick wall and burn themselves out than actually get help or find someone to give them some insight or do things differently. So you know, you need to start taking a look and trying different avenues and approaches before you get to that point. Mm. And I think too, uh, just judging by a lot of the people that I know that are quite successful, have successful businesses, um, especially people that are in business for self, as opposed to people that work for other people. It's not, a, I mean, both have the same amount of, uh, you know, you might put in the same amount of hours in order to be successful when you work for somebody else, but to yourself. But I think that involving your partner or your wife, whoever that is, in that life in some way, you know, celebrate wins, uh, you know, talk about losses, do all that stuff so that they know what you're going through on a day-to-day basis. Uh, we've had quite a few, uh, you know, big wig coaches that we used to work with, and most of them have their wives or their partners involved in their business in some sort of way, you know, so that when you come home, they know what stresses you went through and they know what your day is like, as opposed to, you know, you coming home thinking that her thinking that she worked harder than you that day and you worked harder than her. So you're kind of butting heads as as who worked harder. So I think that getting them involved might help the relationship aspect when you're trying to reach that goal and work your ass off to get there and work Mm -hmm. the long hours, right? Absolutely. Because I think that partnership is important. Not only do you get additional ideas, you can bounce things back and forth, but you know, I take a look at it from a perspective of energy right? Two people will have more energy than one person alone. Mm. And in any given time in life, for example, uh, if you're facing challenges in your business as a man and, or as a woman, for example, and you're not, your energy level isn't there where you need it to be to perform, but your partner is there to give you or top you up on that energy. 
that helps you. So that's what happens in terms of being able to be an elite couple, for example, is you're able to determine and identify if you have effective communication, hey, my partner needs some energy today, right? What can I give them to boost their energy up a little bit? My wife and I have this one practice that we do every single day. What is the one thing that you need for me today? Just the one. It's not a laundry list. It's not this huge thing that we do. It's just one thing. And she asked me and I asked her and we do it. Right? It's simple for me to do one thing. It's simple for her to do one thing. And when we can execute that, and it's the most important thing, whatever that is, then we know that we're each other's priority, but we've we've identified and we've given each other what we need. Yeah. What, what would be a, just to, to get contests out of it, what would be an example of one thing that you would need or one thing that she would need from you? Well, for example, it could be on other sides, right? It could just be uh, just hug. Like her big thing is she just wants to be hugged sometimes. Right. She just wants to feel like she has a very intense job. She works in oncology in Sunnybrook Hospital. And so she has a very intense job um, and it can be very draining. So she just wants to feel like everything's okay. And that could just be us sitting on the couch and me just, you know, hugging her and holding her and just telling, you know, telling her that I love her and I'm here for her. You know, for me, it could be the same thing sometimes. It could just be intimacy. Right. And I, I think as guys, we, we, if some guys pretend they don't want intimacy. Yeah. I love hanging on the couch with my wife and just snuggling. Like, that's mm. cool. Sometimes it might be, okay, okay, woman, I need you to wear something nice and let's go and hit the, hit the bedroom, right? Like those are the conversations that we need to have openly as couples. And I think to have what you want in a relationship, you have to be able to ask. Mm. And when a, a relationship gets to a point where there's resentment or challenges, people stop asking. It becomes more of a demand then, or they just don't ask or say anything at all. And it's just pent up. Mm. And I think that's what it is. I think there's the, the lack of communication, I think, drives a lot of couples apart because, like you said, I would say 90, 99.9% .9 of men, if not 100, <laughs> they want their intimacy. I don't care what I don't care what anybody says. They want their sexual intimacy. Oh, yeah. They want to get and some. We do too. We just <laughs> we just are women are brought up to be this um angel of a thing that you know you have to protect everything. It's like, no, you have to. Take care of your man, and the man has to take care of you the way you want to be taken care of. Like you said, your wife needs a hug. She's working her butt off in the hospital. She's dealing with a lot of life and death situations. She wants to come home and just have to be, you know, relaxed and taken care of instead of her taking care of others. And you want, you know, the intimacy part. But a lot of women don't get that as well. Yeah, I'm on this side. No, we you know? we we had a we had a questionnaire. Um, uh, we do a lot of stuff on TikTok as well, believe it or not. But we did this. Uh, this questionnaire out there and it got a lot of action. And it was like, how much sex, <laughs> how much sex do, 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 should you have a week with your spouse or how much sex should you have with your spouse, whether it's a month, a week or whatever. And I found a lot of the women would answer stuff like, well, it depends if he deserves it or it depends how good he is or all that stuff. And I'm like, why does well, that depend on anything? What about you? Like not about him. It's not if he wants it. When do you mm. want it? That was our question. You know what I mean? Like, when do you want it? So that's interesting. It's like a reward. They're giving them a reward. Well, you know, the girl's got to, the woman's got to look in and at herself and say, when do I want to have sex? When do I want that intimacy, that type of intimacy, as opposed to just us? We're not always the bad guys. We're not always the horny guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. More than not. More than not. But yeah. <laughs> His love language is touch. Uh, awesome. well, I, I always joke and say my love language is fucking, but yeah. <laughs> yeah even, even better. <laughs> so, so since you deal with a lot of men, um, I'm sure you get a lot of them that come to you and say, look, I'm having a really hard time in my relationship. I don't know what to do. Should I stay or should I go? Um, where do these, what is the, I would say the largest percentage of men, what do they complain about when they come to you with that? Oh, well, it's, it's that they're, they're not feeling appreciated and they don't even feel, they don't feel like they're being respected or even understood. So I think that's the big thing, whether it's sex or whatever it is, a man needs to feel like he's appreciated and respected for the sacrifice that he puts in, right? Mm. Women do it too, but men are a little bit from a higher degree. They want that respect and appreciation because they're, again, they do everything that they can. They'll put themselves on the line for their family. That's what mm. they want. That's what gives them value. Yeah. Right. All right, ladies, men need to be appreciated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and respected. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when, when relationships get to the point where there's a challenge, whether that's a lack of sexual intimacy or communication or whatever that is, you know, men, honestly, they just want to be understood too. They just wish like they, they could actually have that relationship that they want with their wife. And it's mm. really, really 
you know, if, if, if both parties actually opened up, because I don't do relationship counseling, that's not yeah. where I go into at all, but I, sh- I show men how to show up as their, as their best as a husband, as a father, and then determine what they need to do, whether that's a relationship they want after a certain period of time or not, if things are changing or they're not changing. Yeah. But it requires, um, you know, it requires both people to be at their best and no one is at their best all the time. Right. And here's how I equate it. And here's the interesting thing. It's like a pendulum. And a lot of us, you know, the pendulum has a side, which is a downside of life. And then it has an upside. Well, what I teach men is how to live in that upside more often. Right. Then the downside, you will always have downsides, but there's more Mm -hmm. upsides. But then you have the other person in your life who is your partner and they are going through their own pendulum and relationships. It's funny because you want to try to sink it. Right. Um, but it's never really synced. And that, that's how I, I believe a successful relationship will actually work out more effectively is when you can understand where the other person is on their own pendulum in life. Mm. And so if you can say, hey, look, my wife is feeling really down or she's on a, you know, because I see this with my wife, for example, and we openly have these conversations. If she's working long hours for a few weeks, right, her, her pendulum is she's drained. So I have to boost up my and I have to be at my peak level. Mm. to be able to, for us to balance out as a relationship. Absolutely. So we have to be able to be in sync and it's just like dancing. And that's how I kind of equate it is if you're dancing, you have to be in tune. You have to be coordinated, never going to be perfect. You're going to step on each other's toes every Mm -hmm. once in a while. But the more coordinated you are, the more successful you will be as a team. I love it. Love it. No, no, I I think that's exactly like, like we mentioned before. I mean, you involve your spouse in your, in your life. I mean, I, I can understand like your wife is busy doing her own thing. She doesn't want to work with you, but if she knows where you're coming from and you know where she's coming from, I'm sure she tells you, you know, but women have a, a, a good way to communicate what their day has been like. And some men just come in and shut up and grab, well, we a, grab a beer and sit on the Yeah. We grab a beer and sit on the couch. More than you guys do. It's yeah. true. So well, that's what I'm trying to say is you put that, you have that, that men, also communicate with the wife the way she does about their days and then you kind of feel like you'll th- th- your wife will know when your pendulum is going too fast or too slow mm. because of, well, they know your life you know your business yeah you know what and here's what i've seen from my personal experience is that things have changed significantly because when i started taking going on this journey of relationships it was because i i had a um a nine-year relationship with my high school sweetheart that didn't work out. Like we went our opposite ways and I was heartbroken because I thought I was going to spend my entire life with her and grow old. Well, your entire life was with her. You're ty- growing yeah, life anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That was my plan. But when we separate, went our separate ways, I was devastated. And I, and I started to go into deep into relationships in terms of, you know, how do you make a successful relationship? And this was about almost 17 years ago. And, and at that time I'd reached up, to some of the top people in, in relationship studies, for example, and they were saying, you know, there's a, a change, there's a trend that's happening and it's probably going to go in this direction. I said, no way. But we started to see that where women are behaving more like men in traditional ways Absolutely, and yeah. men are behaving more like women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're seeing this imbalance here. So what you were talking about, a lot, a lot of women communicating, I think that skill is not that I, I would say consistent these days because there's a lot of women that don't communicate effectively because yeah. they've been raised to be almost like men. Mm. And there's also a lot of options these days. I mean, there's yeah. so much more options out there that they don't, hey, if this is not working out, next. Yeah, swipe yeah. right. Next. Swipe right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, we've, like, like I said, it's been 24 years for Raj and I. We've cultivated this relationship. We've put in so much energy into making it number one in our life. Mm. Like, I always say... If you want your relationship to work, it has to be your priority. It has to be above everything else, above business, above your kids, above everything. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if your relationship is not good, then your kids are not going to be good. Then your job is not going to be good. Nothing's going to be good because that is what you're living with 24-7. It's always in your head. Yeah, you You got a bunch of money, nothing to do with it. Yeah, I completely agree. Because I, I, I see that. I see a lot of men with a lot of money, a lot of success, and they don't have the relationship. And it feels for them like their life is not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So what is a complete man? <laughs> tell me about complete man. I mean, a lot of ladies would love to have a complete man. So let, tell us about him. <laughs> yeah, so it, if I was to sum it up in synopsis, it's a man that actually feels complete from within, which means that you don't necessarily need to have everything perfect on the outside, 
for you to feel like you're complete from within. Mm. And so that is the most important thing. And that is continuous growth, for example. That's understanding how you are in emotional state. That's understanding what you're thinking and why you're thinking this. Having strong values, for example, and principles. And ultimately being proud of who you are. Yeah. Right. As a man and as a person and as a human being, because, for example, if I speak about myself, I'm comfortable if if my businesses went downhill. I wouldn't like it, but I'd still feel like my life is worth it. I'd still feel like I'm proud of myself and I'd be able to rebuild it because I have what's within me that Mm -hmm. I need to be able to do that. When we focus on our external circumstances and we focus on identifying our ourselves whether it's our success or our self-worth, whatever it is, based on our business or how much money we have, or even how good our relationship is, those things can always go sideways. So a complete man is totally confident within himself, regardless of what's happening. And you'll be able to tell, you'll be able to see that within him, and he'll be able to see that within himself. And I think that's what truly would attract a feminine woman, is seeing a man that is at that level versus a man that feels like he's incomplete. Absolutely. Yeah. From a woman's perspective, I'll tell you, like, the minute I see a man that's confident of who he is, it, it is extremely attractive. It doesn't matter. They, as I know, the, the amount of money he's got, the wealth, the uh, all the stuff that is in the books, in the paper, nothing, nothing measures to the man's confidence in himself mm-hmm. or women for that matter. But yeah. we're talking about men right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in, all, in all honesty, is there like, if, if there's a, Grown ass man, like I'm, I'm, I'm 47. I'm almost 50. What can I do to boost my confidence? Some most most guys my age will think, oh, it's too late for me to do anything different. Too, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I am where I am now, and that's where I'm going to be the rest of my life. So, what could boost them into believing that they can go farther? Okay, well, the confidence itself, if we break it down into, you can say, the actual elements that have been proven to boost confidence, and we'll talk about a little bit more of that, but uh, is small wins, for example, right? Having small wins is important because that's shown to boost confidence. Being around other people who are confident and believe in you um, is another element. Um, Affirmations, for example, is important. Self-gratitude and appreciation for self these are all things, and, and there's another element, which is visualizations. These are all proven techniques to boost your confidence levels. Um, and, and that's an easy thing to do. But let's take a look at it from a non-research side. But this has been researched as well. As well as it's who you believe you are, your core identity. Because we all have a core identity. And then what, what I call fluid identity around that is ultimately, if we stripped ourselves of everything that we have, who are you as a person? If you could, I always ask men, give me in three words, three different words, who you are. Could you describe yourself? Most men can't. Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to. But if you can identify who you are, if you can create your identity, that will automatically boost your confidence level. Because most of us have been given an an identity by other people through our society, through our parents, through our teachers, through our siblings, our spouses, even our kids. And we have to be able to create that ourselves. And so sometimes, going back to what you're saying, we have to associate with people that believe in our identity, the identity that we want to have, and disassociate ourselves with those people that keep dragging us back into that old identity. Mm-hmm. And that could even be in relationships. Right? I've seen this. I've seen this where, you know, I've seen good men, for example, and I'm not saying all men are good and you know all women are bad. That's not what I'm saying. But I've seen good men be in some really crappy relationships where they've done their best or done their best and their spouses will continue to beat them down and be like, you're such a dick or you're such an a-hole. And, and I'm like, well, what behavior led to this? Well, you know, and they'll tell me and be like, that's not a reason to call you that. So they'll continue to second guess themselves and be like, am I being a good husband? Mm. Am I not being a good husband? Like, what am I doing wrong here? So you have to be able to see things from different perspectives, but also associate yourself with people that bring you up in life versus bring you down. Yeah. Like you become the the, the five people you hang out with. And that's so mm-hmm. true. I hear that. I've been hearing that my whole life. And it's so right on the money because... In every state of your life, if you look back and you say, who was I at this age? Who was I? It's there are people that you're surrounded with that mm-hmm. you became them, became that. So yeah. I agree with you there, 100%. And my, my grandfather taught me something at a very young age. And this was from a philosophical and a spiritual perspective. And he said, as a man, 
you know, people can take away your education, your certifications. They can take away your home. They can take away the shirt off your back. They can even take away your family members because he saw it. That's that's how he saw when he grew up in India. Those are the kinds of uh, nasty things that happened. But he said the one thing they can't take away from you as a man are your principles and your values. Hmm. And that stuck with me for my entire life. Because if you, that's a core part of being the complete man. If you have values, strong values, and you believe in them and you live by them, it doesn't matter what you have or don't have or what other people say about you, you will feel complete. You will feel proud of yourself and have more confidence. Well said. Well said. Very well said. Yeah. I, I agree. I was also brought up in the same way and the same thing. Like everything is it's material. It's all comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Same thing with money. Every, life is the only thing that you have, and you have to value that life that you're in. Hmm. We didn't grow up with money, and my my father, my brother, they all live by this whole thing. You know, your word is your bond, and your you know the way you are is is so, something that nobody can ever take away from you, no matter where you are. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, what your grandfather, what, what your grandfather said. You know, people who lived it and live through way more than any of us will ever live through. You know, they, they learn a lot of, a lot of shit through their lives and they, you know, it's good that they pass it on. So on behalf of all the women listening, I want to thank <laughs> you for helping our men, but I also want to ask you a really good question <laughs> that a lot of women ask me and I don't really have an answer for because I never experienced it. Why do men cheat? Oh, wow. <laughs> I want an answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell you from my perspective, because I've yes. worked with men who've cheated. I have friends who have cheated. I've thought about cheating, honestly, in time, down times in my relationship. And I've had open conversations with my wife about this. Okay. Um, there's a number of reasons. For example, and I'm going to start from one end of the spectrum. Sometimes guys, they just don't respect the relationship, mm-hmm. right? They don't respect the person or the relationship that they have. That could be one reason. Even if it's a long-term relationship, like 10, 15-year marriage? Absolutely. Because everybody has a different perspective and value to a relationship. Okay. Um, And I think that's one of the most important things to do before you get involved with someone seriously is to ask them, what does a relationship mean to you? You know, what, what are the values that you see and what are important? Right. And ask those questions because most people don't, they start dating and then they get into a serious relationship. Right. Um, But those are important things because two people can talk about family, for example, but have two different perspectives on what family means. For me, family is extended family. For my wife, her family is very tight. It's just her sibling, right? So those are different perspectives. So uh, cheating could even mean different things for different people. Like some guys may look a girl up and down and they may think that's fine. And the wife thinks it's cheating. For another wife, they she might be fine with it. So understanding and having open communication about those boundaries and what cheating means is important as well. Some guys, honestly, will cheat because they need the boost of confidence, right? Mm-hmm. They just want to feel like a man. So, you know, wherever they can get it, they'll get it. Yeah. But ultimately, here's what I see. The most common reason why I think men cheat, based on my experience, is because they're not getting what they need from their relationship. Bingo. And it'd be the same thing why women cheat. Yeah. Yeah. They're not getting either it's the respect. They're not getting the appreciation. They're not even feeling understood. They're not getting... Um, and here's the thing. A lot of men, it's, you know, I hear this a lot. Guys are just dogs, right? They cheat. No. <laughs> no. If you treat a man well, right? If you give him what he needs, he will be loyal to you, right? I would say like a puppy dog. He'll be there forever. But if you don't, then that's when they will stray because every human being needs to meet their needs in some way, shape, or form. You cannot expect a man to stay in a relationship if you're not get, giving him what he needs. And same thing for a woman, right? Unfortunately, Here's if we go into cheating, because here's the difference. Why do men cheat and still stay in a relationship rather than just leaving and getting what they need? It's because they feel a sense of obligation to be in the relationship, or they're afraid that if they leave the relationship or they split up, they're going to lose half their wealth or they're going to lose their kids in the process. They don't want to do that. So they'd rather be, quote unquote, a good husband on the surface and continue to play the part and Mm. get their needs met elsewhere. I see a lot of that. Yeah. I see a lot of that going on. They don't want to leave because they have so much wealth and they don't want to split it up. <laughs> yeah. So you sacrifice. And then they make, what they do is they make both lives totally different things. So you're, you're almost like you're, when you go home to your wife, that's when you're going to work. And when you're at work, yes. it's your day to day life. Yeah. And who pays for that? Yeah. The children. There you go. 
children, the, your own mindset, and of course the relationship itself. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I you were going to say something. She's like, grabbed her book as if she was just about to say something. No, I was just going to say that, like, it is true. It's both ways. You got to take care of your man and the man got to take care of the woman. Yeah. It's like everything else. Like, you have to uh, be willing to do the work in order for it to work. It's just the way it is. You know, women say men cheat, but women cheat a lot of too. I guess what yeah. the, what our, our last question here would be sure. if, kind of, kind of going off what I said earlier, you know, you're at a certain age, you've decided to be, I don't know, an accountant, but you hate your life. You hate your job. You hate everything. What would you say to somebody like that that could, that that basically their lives, their relationships are all affected because they feel they didn't do enough. You yeah. know, like everybody feels that way. I, I feel, oh, I should, you know, by now I should have this, but I don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. First of all, every guy feels that way. Yeah. Every guy feels like they've have a certain timeline and they haven't achieved what they wanted to achieve in some way, shape, or form. So it's never too late. I think the most important thing here is I can share so many stories. One, I can share my father's story. You know, his goal was to hit 65, take his foot off the pedal and say he did it. He came to this country with next to nothing. And he was finally going to pat himself on the back. We were going to start doing family trips, my brother's family, our family, my parents. As soon as that, that, that was going to be the year. He died at 64 and a half. Oh my sudden, God, sudden, Jesus. Sudden heart attack, yeah. Oh, I just got a goosebumps. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and it was, unfortunately, like, it was just all the circumstances led to that. Um, and so it was, it was meant to happen, but that was a huge eye-opener, right? My wife works with cancer patients all the time who are passing away. They're not once do they regret, hey, I should have worked, or think about I should have worked more. I it's always about I should have spent more time with my family, my mm -hmm. kids, my wife. I should have, you know, I should have talked to my sibling um, years ago, those are the kinds of things that people think about on their deathbeds. Mm -hmm. um, and I personally, for example, was a very successful executive. I spent many years in the corporate world before I left and started my own businesses, for example. And that was a huge turning point for me. I left it all. And it was like I had to start from scratch. It was like I was a nobody again, right, from point A. And it was just I had to rebuild myself. I had to rebuild my confidence. I had to mm -hmm. rebuild my identity. Everybody was looking at me and saying, including my own parents, what the heck did you do? You just threw your entire life away. My wife was just like, you know, we got kids. Um, you know what? Are we going to be able to live this lifestyle because you were on executive salary, all this kind of stuff. Um, and everything you could say was just, it was this, you know, 90% of can I do this and negative weight and people saying things, but you just got to keep doing it because at some point in time you break through. And when you break through, there is not a single regret versus a guy that will continue to do the same old thing, live in the same old life. He mm -hmm. will regret it for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right and that's kind of the, 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 the mindset I had growing up. My, my, my dad passed away at 54. Uh, and I had a cousin of mine who I was close, very, very close with. Who, he was, I think, 43 when he got, si when he got sick. Uh, of cancer and he died at around that 45, 46 years old. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, so a future wasn't something that I used to always think about. Like in, when I'm in my 60s or 70s, because I always see people leaving me way, way before they Until should. Until he met me and I was like, nah, uh, uh, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. You're going to eat healthy. You're going to train. You're going to be happy. You're not going to work 24 seven. It was literally that. I put my foot down and we did this together. And that's why. This is normally when I have a. He's a looking like he's twenty eight. That says help me. Awesome, <laughs> yeah, he's looking good, man. He's looking good. Hey. Uh, not bad for forty seven, right? <laughs> yeah, he's looking pretty good. Actually, yeah, I wouldn't have begged you for forty seven at all. I'll take the credit. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did it all as on his, on himself, like you said. From within, he looked deep and said, okay, what is it that I need out of this life? Is it money? Is it wealth? Is it fame? Or is it family and children and a, and a good home to go to? I like just wanted to enjoy choose, yeah, you know? I just wanted to enjoy my life. So I wanted to have yeah. fun in everything I do. So I chose a career that I want to have fun in. I chose a, a, you know, a wife that I wanted to have fun with and kids that I have fun with. It's, it's just, you know, I, I want to have a smile on my face all the time rather than you know, stress out about what I'm going to do when I'm 65. And it's true. That's exactly what he told me when, when we met, when we first met. He says, I just want to be happy. I just want to have fun. That and I was awesome. like, okay, well, let's do this. And then, you know, there you go. There we are 24 years later. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so sweet. Because it goes, to, there's a quote that I use in the book and I, and, and it's, 
uh, goes to the the tone of this is if you see a rich man, most people will be like, yeah, but is he happy? But if you see a happy man, rarely do you ask, yeah, but is he rich? Right? <laughs> yeah, that exactly. That's so true. And like that, that goes so to true. what you're living. Yeah. That is so true. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I said before, for keeping our men little, you know, on the right side. <laughs> so where does everybody find you? When can someone needs help? Where can they go? Yeah, so I'm on pretty much every social media channel at uh, at pradeepsanga.com or at pradeepsanga is my handle. Uh, you can yeah. always reach out to my team and they, that, they'll coordinate with me at team at pradeepsanga.com. That's my team's email. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the easiest way. I'm more than happy to hear from people uh, and connect with them. And you have, uh, you, you're, you're coaching people, right? Yeah, we have an advisory business uh, where we actually advise and consult. Yes, definitely. Okay, okay. And that's for, you know, men, you said most of your clients are men that are... Yes. Yeah, so we, we work with men who are entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, even career professionals, for example. Um, we also have a division that works with family businesses because we know that when there's a number of generations in a business, um, that can pose a different challenge. So that's mm-hmm. that's part of uh, the group that we help as well. Perfect. And so yeah. we have a, we actually just launched a new division called businessbrothers.ca. You can okay. take a look at that. And that's where we help family businesses specifically. That's a family business between my brother and I. Oh, so that's good. Part- yeah. It's really like your real brother? Yeah, my real okay. brother. Okay. <laughs> what did you say it was? Businessbrothers.ca? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll check it out afterwards. And well, do you also have a podcast? Yes, he does. Yeah, I got three podcasts. So I got the Male Entrepreneur Podcast, which is for guys. Uh, we talk about a lot of actually women tune in too. We talk about everything to do with a guy, business, and life. Um, have the Mindshot podcast, uh, which is a morning five-minute daily snippet that I do for guys out there, just one little tidbit every single day. And then there, we have a third podcast, which is uh, partnered with a, a team that actually works on health and fitness, uh, and it's called the Energetic Leader. Oh, good. I'll check that yeah. out. We're, we're really big on health and fitness as well. Yeah, so awesome. This couple is awesome. That. You'll love them. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Nice. We'll take good a look at well, thank you again for being on the show. You're full of knowledge and wisdom, and we loved every minute of it. And I can't wait to read your book. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Too. I appreciate you having me. You guys are awesome. I love the energy. Thank Perfect. you so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star rating on whichever platform you're tuning in from. It means the world to us to have your support on our show in this little mini way. <laughs> you can also stalk us on Instagram at Head Over Heels Show for more juicy stuff. If you have any questions, send them via email at us at hohshow.com or DM us on socials. Thank you for having us between your ears. And as always, we, we wish, wish you what, you what we, we have. have.